Give me the argument, the best argument you know, for the power of cinema. What's up, bro? What's up, bro? And welcome, everybody, to the show. It's Películas with the Bros. My name is Adrian. My name is Ivan. Uh, and Películas with the Bros is a podcast, a show of sorts, where me and my brother Ivan discuss movies. Every week we do a new movie. This week, what movie are we doing, Ivan? Nightmare Alley. Yes, Nightmare Alley. But before we get into that, thank you for watching. Thank you for listening, however you are watching or however you are listening Películas with the Bros is a podcast where you can watch or you can listen to. So if you want to watch it, go to YouTube, Películas with the Bros. We're going to be there. We should be two Mexicans on a couple couches looking random. And if you like movies, subscribe to that. If you don't, subscribe to it anyway. We are kind of weird. So there's that. And if you're into listening listening to us, uh, you can find us on all podcast platforms. Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Deezer, iHeartRadio, um, SoundCloud, anywhere you listen to podcasts, we should be there. So go ahead and follow us there. Also, we would like your take on Nightmare Alley. So if if you have a, an opinion on this movie, and I'm sure you do, everyone has an opinion, right? Uh, if you have an opinion on this movie, what you think about the movie, leave it in the comments below. We would like to hear what you think. Also, if you have any movies that you think we should do, Leave it in the comments below. Uh, but Ivan, shall we get into this? We shall. You ready to get a little seedy? Mm. A little dark? Mm. Put on your trench coat, your brown trench coat. Um, get a, your nice leather wallet passed down to you by your <coughs> grandfather. A watch, maybe. Roll up a nice cig. <coughs> Take a puff. And let's get into this movie. Nightmare Alley. The premise of this movie. <clears throat> Staten takes a job as a carny on a whim after burning down his house, which we yet to know anything about. The carnival has many things to give Staten. A roof over his head, mentorship, lust, and love. Stan takes advantage of all of these things and becomes a star in his own right as a mentalist. But darkness looms over everything Stanton does. Can Stanton escape the darkness that seems to follow him? Or is he himself the darkness that plagues everything it touches? Mm. With the cast of Bradley Cooper as the Afro-mentioned Stanton Carlisle. Kate Blanchett as Lilith Ritter. Tony Collette as Zena Cumbrine. William Dafoe, or Willem Dafoe, I should say. Shout out to our guy, Willem Dafoe, as Clement Houtley, uh, Richard Jenkins as Ezra Grindle, Rooney Mara as Mary Elizabeth, Ron Perlman, <laughs> Starworth at uh, Guillermo de Toro School of Wizardry uh, as Bruno, uh, Mary Steenbergen as Miss Kimball, and David Strathen as Peter Pete Crumbin. Ivan. Nightmare Alley, written and directed, uh, co-written and directed by our our beloved brethren of the Mexican elk, Guillermo del Toro. Indeed. Ivan, Guillermo, or as I like to call him. Don't make it Mexican. Gordo. 
<laughs> I didn't think you'd go there. Gordo, um, his movies. Let me list them off for you. Kronos, Mimic, The Devil's Backbone, Blade 2, Hellboy, Pan's Labyrinth, Hellboy 2, Pacific Rim, Crimson Peak, The Shape of Water, and now we have Nightmare Alley. Uh, he's next up to direct and make Pinocchio, Pinocchio for Netflix. Okay. not going to watch that. I'm not too sure about that, but... Um, what is your relationship to Del Toro, a.k.a. Gordo? I see myself in him. I see that so too. so fat. I could <laughs> see myself in him. As you're, like, you can see your body weight. Aqu- <laughs> floating around. <laughs> That's sort of... Rude? Yeah. Yeah, but you call him fat first. Okay. Gordo, we don't mean it. Uh, I don't mean what he's saying. He's He's going derogatory. I'm doing it affectionately. Hold on, we're going to take a quick call from our mother. I haven't hit it. Hello? I went to Adrian's house. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> okay, bye. It was an urgent call regarding... um a motas. Something called motas. And if you're... Mexican, you know what that means. <laughs> Anyways. Just incriminate our mother. Yeah, basically. Gordo. That's affectionate. Ivan, hmm. be affectionate. Hmm. Or you don't have to be, but hmm. uh Del Toro. Hmm. What do you think about his movies? Of what you know. Have you watched this film? What's going on, Ivan? Can I answer? Yeah, go ahead. I don't want to answer. All right, here we go. <laughs> Uh, I like them. I don't think they were, they weren't ever really for me. I saw, man, I haven't really seen many of his movies. I know. I, I saw Shape of Water not that long ago, mm-hmm. a couple months maybe. <coughs> it was out of out of whimsy, out of a fleeting sense. Some of, might say out of a fleeting sense of. I don't know what the word is, but uh-huh. some might say. Okay. <laughs> uh, just because I heard it was like Oscar winning, whatever. That always gets you right. Yeah, it was good, but not my cup of tea. It was like a little love story. It was like awkward because he's like a fish. Mm. Mm. All right, sure. Love is love, I guess. You're right. Not gonna be fish phobic on the podcast. Nah, never. Cancelled by Atlantis. Aquaman, shout out. Our homie. <laughs> uh, but like it was a good movie. Yes, like, yes obviously yes. a good movie. <coughs> what other movies were there? I I tried to watch Pan's Labyrinth, but but I was like, I wasn't really in the mood when I watched this. So I watched uh, like ten minutes. Yeah. It was all in Spanish. I didn't expect it. I yeah. wasn't prepared for that. Yeah. Not that I can't understand it. <laughs> but it was just like, ah, come on, give me some English. I I go to the movies to escape my. My, my heritage. <laughs> my heritage. Um, but like I never had any problems with them. Going back and looking at like just his filmography, uh, doing the research for this movie, I was surprised to see how many of his movies I haven't seen. Hmm. And I was like, I could have sworn I seen like twenty five of his films. 
yeah. given that he hasn't made 25 films but i i thought i saw a lot of his films but then i'm like dang i've only seen like i've legitimately only seen pan's labyrinth and pacific rim oh yeah i saw pacific rim that's good pacific rim is like the outlier in his sort of uh filmography if you're looking at like uh sort of common themes i shouldn't say common themes more so like the look and feel right yeah because it's the sci-fi robotic uh mech movie uh but then after so i I realized like okay i haven't seen much of his films uh but in my head when i think of our boy gordo i think of like uh horror Uh and i think of like uh like a certain look of a movie mm-hmm. like i think of uh i sort of the look of um uh lovecraft mm-hmm. lovecraftian horror like the beauty and the grotesque type of filmmaking you know right and then i watched uh the other day after watching nightmare alley oh no before nightmare alley i forgot what it was. uh i saw crimson pink peak on netflix I was like, I'm going to take a look at this. I've been meaning to watch it, but the look doesn't look like my type of film. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, oh, I'm going to watch it. I have time. And I watched it and I was like, uh, it confirmed to me like sort of what the idea of that thought in my head, which is like uh, Lovecraftian movie horror, but not so much horror, more so like the beauty and horror. Mm-hmm. Um and maybe if we ever dissect that film, I'll go more in depth into it. Um, but yeah, and he has sort of this. I I listened to a podcast where he was talking about how what he likes and uh, the things he likes, and he does like those kind of things, like gothic looking things. If you look at uh, the movie Hellboy, that's sort of like his steez in like if it's perfectly ever captured it's the the idea of like there's so many there's so much beauty in like uh monsters Mm -hmm. and i think he likes that he's a uh a nerd self-proclaimed nerd his house is full of like collected yeah collected collectible stuff art Uh uh he commissions people to make like life-size replicas of like different random things Objects from movies, Frankenstein's, stuff like that. Weirdo. In a in an ideal world, I would sort of be like him, but not so much gothic stuff and horror stuff, just like things that I like. Like a life size statue of Brad Pitt and Leo from like Once Upon a Time. Yeah. And just like in costume like <laughs> towards each other. I would have uh don't take this anyway, Brad Pitt shirtless, smoking uh-huh. a cigarette. And then uh, Leo just be like sort of mad with that drink in there, like <laughs> like that. Uh, I would also have uh, the DeLorean in the garage, right? With uh, Marty just hanging out of it. Jeez, you just have like a whole cast in your house. Yeah, you should have like one at your table, like one like near your bed, just like maybe in the corner laying down. Yep. yep. Just different actors doing different things. Add Pikachu, Detective Pikachu, just like, <laughs> you know? Yes. Uh, probably um, Michael Jordan dunking on, like, a Monstar mm-hmm. in, like, 
a replica life-size basketball court that i don't even use it like a real monster like yeah yeah like i can't even use the basketball court because like it's taken up by that just different characters yeah (laughs) (laughs) you can't even live in your house (laughs) no it's it's sort of the bed is uh yeah who's in the bed like i can't sleep in the bed because there's a character in the bed oh i know it's uh charlie and the chocolate factory the grandparents they're just in the bed all of them yeah all four of the grandparents are there in the bed that's good. I like yeah. this. So that would be my house. But the Toro has like a bunch of horror stuff in his house. Um Yeah, he he's uh and he's like we were we we're talking about earlier, he's part of this uh deadly trio of Mexican directors from Mexico. We have and it's a director we actually talked about. So we have Del Toro, we have uh Alfonso Coran who Many know him from his uh, latest film uh, that I'm blanking on now. Netflix, Black and White, that you didn't watch because you're like... Roma? Roma, yes. And then our boy, uh, Iñaritu. Iñaritu. Yep. yep. Uh, the, the acclaimed director, most notably for what? Revenant? Probably. So uh, these three directors, they they have this brothership, this can this fellow director Mexican thing going on, and they're part of this stable. They're like the three horsemen of uh, Mexican directors, right? Right. Um, so that's what he's sort of notable for. Um, and like you said, Shape of Water, one best director, uh, best picture, hmm. something. That's that's pretty noteworthy. Yeah. Like. Given that the types of films he makes are usually like, they have monsters in them. Yep. Like you don't really see movies. His movie Shape of Water is about the love between a woman and a monster fish, mermaid person. A man fish. A man fish. And that I I, I guess like this guy has some clout to him, right? Yep. So. Going into this movie, I would think he has like this. Uh, he has a lot of reputation. There's uh, a lot of critical acclaim. So you would think his next movie, after Academy Award-winning movie, it's gonna be another heavy hitter. Nightmare Alley. This movie is based on a book called Nightmare Alley. Made in 1946, uh, the book was a uh, noir. They made a movie out of it in the following year called Nightmare Alley. Um, it's considered uh, sort of like a noir classic, but a lesser seen one than probably the more notable ones, which I have no idea. I'm not really a big noir fan. What What's your opinion on noir like? don't care yeah it's such like a it's definitely before our time yeah uh i think it was like i i was gonna say it's the western before the western what came first the noir or the western oh probably same time i right? feel like noir because uh kubrick he did a noir right mm-hmm. and he was before westerns wasn't he i don't know this is Maybe this it's like same time. Sorry, guys. We we call ourselves film buffs, but we're actually film weeks, film pips weeks. Wait. 
Shout out to the classic SpongeBob goof. Mm. You like that? Bring it all back. <laughs> um, yeah, noirs are just sort of a very, they're a missing link in my film history. I've seen more modern noirs and uh, neo noirs like uh, Blade Runner, right? I don't know. It's just a, a big missing thing in my my film history and there's also like this idea of all noirs sort of have like the same story to tell yeah like this some dame to dime for dame to die for there you go you almost had it dames broads (laughs) beat it tits beat it tits flicks a cigarette i got a crown to solve she too far uh what else? There's also always like money. Yeah. Money to steal, money Little to brief lose. Briefcase of cash. Briefcases. Mysteries. Um. Nice little feather cap. What is it? Those caps? Um, fedoras. Can't have a noir without a fedora. So noirs are just that kind of movie, and and like I know there's classics in that genre, but the I think it goes back to like it doesn't appeal to me mm-hmm. enough to go and watch it. So so yeah, there's that. Um anyways, Del Toro sort of is he's a film buff if there ever was one, so he knows everything about everything regarding cinema and he knew that he wanted to make a re- remake this movie after reading the book back in the 90s. Um he's been trying to make this movie for a while. Um, there's a lot of movies that Del Toro wanted to make, but we'll get into that actually later. Um, so he's like, I'm going to make this movie cause I have the green light now after making shape of water. Fox gave me the ability to make this movie. I'm going to make it, get my cast. Leo was supposed to be in it, but, uh, he fell out cause of, uh, timing of another, another film he was trying to make. He gets Bradley Cooper. Better. Whoa, this guy. Uh, didn't even ask you that. He just comes in with a hot take. Um, and now we get uh, Nightmare Alley. Ivan, leading up to this movie, were you excited for this movie at all? A bit. Why? Um, I like Bradley Cooper and things. I think he's like the most enjoyable actor to watch. Whoa. He's just like pure like... Charisma. Ah, uh, yeah, I see that. But he's different than Leo, right? If we're like ever like, I think Leo has to like put it on a little bit. But Bradley Cooper is just like pure natural. Like it just oozes out of him. So is he? But Leo's a better actor, right? Probably more arranged. Uh, okay, so Bradley is like, if you need someone who's like, if you need Harrison Ford, get Bradley Cooper. He should be the next Indiana Jones. Oh God, I did. you know how good that would be. Okay, you you just put it on me. So yeah, and it's then. like he has like the perfect face for it too, like that that stubble. Yeah, that like Indiana Jones needs. Yeah, the he's basically cracks. yeah. What's going on th- with that? I don't know. And they're making a, another Indiana, and he's in it. Harrison Ford's in it. I don't know. He was way too old in the the other the yeah. alien one. 
Well, I think in in this one, he's definitely going to take a backseat. Like he has to. But it's like if you see him, you want him to do things. But he's also so old. Like, what can he do? I think the director's uh, Manigold or whatever. He he. The last movie he did was um. Well, he did Wolverine. The the good one. The, yeah, the dark version. Old man Wolverine, whatever. So I assume, oh. and he's taking the helm over oh. Spielberg. So better. Yeah. <laughs> so we're gonna see something there. Anyways, we digress. Cooper. Yeah, he's devilish in his looks. Yeah. Uh, so you were excited because Cooper was in it. I was um super intrigued. The trailer didn't really give me much as far as what this movie was about. Mm-hmm. And it sort of hinted at this like sort of supernatural sense. And knowing Del Toro, you're like, Gordo's going to have something monster related in this film. Um, but other than that, I didn't know anything about the film. I was kind of excited. Uh, where'd you watch it, Evan? Mission Valley, because it's the only place that showed it. That's true. Yeah. Um, damn. You had to drive more than two miles. How was that? 30 minutes. How'd you like going to a different theater? It felt like even more ghetto than yeah. La Jolla. So for those of you not inclined to the San Diego uh, lifestyle, um, the Mission Valley Mall is such a bad mall that it's it's stupid. It's like it has like the bones of a good mall, but like you walk in, you don't remember what you saw. Like it's just plain like the walls are just like like i don't know how to explain it but it just there's nothing there and i think one of the big the problems which you're mentioning now that i just realized all the stores look the same yeah like the if you go to a GameStop from the outside the GameStop doesn't look different than like the jewelry store that's right next to it until you go inside obviously and then like half of the stores are vacant uh, most of the stores suck. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no high fashion store, which is not like I'm go- trying to go into a Louis Vuitton store, but like Gucci. Hell yeah, bro. <laughs> um, almost no one goes to the mall now, only for the theaters and the Target are right there. Yeah. Uh, there used to be back in the day. It used to be a poppin' mall, but it's just one of the older malls, and it hasn't been renovated in a while. Things are trying to up it up, but who cares? A lot of homeless around that area too, so yeah. There's that. I saw it at the Mission Valley Mall as well. Um, five people in my theater watching Nightmare Alley. Around mine too. Um, what'd you think about it? More the Nightmare Alley. It was good. A little bread and buttery for me. Huh. In your face. Uh, bread and buttery. What do you mean? Um, I like the subject. I like um how things played out. Who got their comeuppance? It's a noir, right? Sure. I didn't think about that when I was watching it, but mm. I was just like, it's a little dark and dusty trench coat <laughs> movie. 
Yeah. And there's no surprises. A little bit. Is there? Uh, at the end, the, the psychologist. Mm. I didn't really expect it. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, the tale of our our boy, uh, Staten, it's, you can see it from, like, um, the very beginning, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, But, yes, I agree with you. Bread and butter. That's a good way of describing it. Because, like, and that's why I say there's no surprises. The The movie doesn't surprise me other than a couple of, like, whoa. But you know what you're getting. And as you're watching it, you're just like, all of this works. Yep. Uh, as I was watching it, too, I was thinking that everything sort of, like, perfectly placed in its spot. You can see, like, the attention to detail in, in certain things. Um, the movie's quite long. Um, it's beautiful. It's painterly. It sort of reminds me of, remember when we did um, Kubrick's Barry Lyndon? Where it's just picturesque in a way. Um, it could. This movie can be seen as sort of like boring for the uninitiated, for the common folk. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it is long, but the story isn't sort of, like, just slodged. Like, it's not just taking its time. There's a lot of things it needs to tell. It's an ensemble piece, so there's a lot of stories to tell, too. But, yeah, I liked it. Um, What, if anything, did you take away? Like, I know you haven't been a, a Gordo fan, per se. I'm not saying that you don't like him, but... After watching it, what was your like your takeaway from our boy Gordo? He knows how to make a movie. He does. But just like like a movie. Like like a movie. A movie. Yeah. And it's he's I would say he doesn't he's not like an adventurous director. Mm-hmm. Or like uh, I shouldn't say adventurous, innovative. He's not. Yeah, he's not experimental. Mm-hmm. He's definitely genre. He loves genre movies, mm-hmm. and this is a straight up genre movie as far as a, a noir. Like he's he's it's his take on a noir. He like I said, he usually does horror films or movies with oh monsters, Hellboy, Pan Labyrinth, right? Um, I do think that there's a place for a genre film for a movie that's not trying to be like artsy mm-hmm. I mean it's artsy in its own right I don't know there's I guess what I'm trying to say is like this is a genre film so like there's not really anything uh, that's going to surprise you other than, than like the then there's like a, a little twist at the end mm-hmm. but to your point he knows how to make a film and you're gonna get what you're gonna get and it's gonna be bread and butter meat and potatoes mm-hmm. but it's gonna be the best meat and potatoes you're ever gonna get like if you want just a classic movie experience yes that's what you're getting yes I think like comparing this to like don't look up Oh, like it's a good movie, yeah. But don't look up was a lot more 
It's a lot less of of a movie, and it's closer to like a documentary uh, satire. Like it's you don't immediately immediately think a movie, uh huh, because it's trying to do something else than what Del Toro is trying to do. Yeah, that's so true. Yeah, it's it's definitely not a modern film, or is it? Why would you say that? Wait, who? Oh, sorry. Uh, um, Nightmare Alley. Yeah. It's sort of like... Uh, and I always think of that total like this. Like, he loves the classic stuff. Uh-huh. So he's going to make a film. He's not making a movie. He's making a film. What are the s- some of the last movies we've seen? So we saw Don't Look Up. We saw um, Licorice Pizza. We saw... Uh, before that, what was the film? I forgot. Spider-Man, obviously. We've seen... Suicide Squad. <laughs> Jesus, like a year ago. <laughs> There's a gap right there. A little bit. Why? What are you trying to think of? Um... I just think a lot of the movies we've been watching are like, they have modern messages to it. Yeah. Like, they are related to, like, our culture now. Yep. In some way. Whereas this is like, you could, at any point, have this release and it's still, it's like a very basic message. Yeah, and I know a little bit of why he made this film. He was talking to, in a podcast, he was saying that he made this film because... He saw how currently there's sort of this idea of the huckster being a winner. Oh, okay. Um, they never win. A la Donald Trump. A la influencers, social media being, you know, like just random people that talk a lot of shit and end up making lots of money. And he sees this and he's like, well, this movie sort of fits perfectly into this time frame where like the huckster in this film, Bradley Cooper, Staten, um, there's always a downfall for this guy. And he wanted to portray that. Right. And the film is, uh, let's talk about the film a little bit. Like it's, it's kind of negative, you know, like um, the ending, there's no happy ending. Well, there is, I guess, if, if you don't like the character, right? Yeah. There's no happy ending. Uh, the film, it's beautiful, but it's ugly. Mm-hmm. There's so much darkness in the film. Like, there's only a couple characters that are sort of good. Pure. Pure. Um, so, it sort of fits in that regard. But, yeah, just like taking it as what it's worth... It is not, I mean, out of all the movies we've seen recently, it's the least modern film, definitely. Mm-hmm. Not just because of the time and place it's set in, but because of like sort of its message. Right. But the, like like I was saying, the message can be taken from anything. Um, Two movies, Licorice Pizza and this one with Bradley Cooper. Hey. That's pretty convenient. And in this movie... 
the dude from Mindhunters, the bodyguard. Yeah. That was weird. Like, what a coincidence for me, at least. Not for you, because you don't watch good things. I watch Mindhunter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Matrix to Mindhunter alums. Oh, yeah. That is another weird coincidence, huh? Well, it's kind of, that was a man-made coincidence for me. But it was it's actually really weird because like you don't see those characters often or those actors often, and then the mo- two of the more recent movies we've seen, you ha- you have like two leading characters in that movie. So we just need the the Doctor Carr, the the girl. Oh man, she's good in that show. She kind of looks like Kate Blanchett. Yeah, I just, I just <laughs> thought about that. Like your twin <laughs> sister in something, or I don't know. Uh, Kate Blanchett, all time face, right? She's definitely a face and a half. <laughs> in this movie, like whenever they have like the camera right at her face, I'm like, that face, so much to it. It's like very like, like a statue, statuesque. Yeah. But not in like an ugly way. Just no, no, no. And it's weird because she was in uh, Don't Look Up. She was. But when I saw Don't Look Up, I'm like, that's a different cape budget. Like. I know who she is. That's Kate Blanchett, but I don't know. Yeah. And then she's in this movie, and I'm like, "Oh, Kate Blanchett." But I didn't recognize they were the same person until I was doing the research. I'm like, "Acting? What the hell?" In this movie, she's like, "I would kill you with my lips." But in that movie, she's like, "Hey guys, what's up?" Yeah. Wow. We should put some respect on that that Blanchett character, right? She's a lady dame to die for you know i'm gonna say right now she's my new favorite actress shut up why not you just saw two movies (laughs) (laughs) lord of the rings Eh. uh oh loki sorry loki thor as what oh yeah come on what a what an actress in that film all right all right all right poor k budget she's like you know me from thor she was in Benjamin Button. Uh, I like that movie. What about um, The Aviator? Never saw. It's a good movie. Hmm. The color in that film is crazy. Like colorful or like? Yeah. Like the cinematography is just super weird. Spielberg? Um, No. Take another guess. I know it's... Oh, it's... Uh, Marty. McFly. Yep. Marty McFly. Scorsese. Yeah, you wouldn't know by reading, like, the cast, and you would think it's... That's pretty... That's a different movie for him, huh? Yeah. You should watch that, and then judge him. Yeah, hard. Yes. Judge him hard. Yes. Um, <clears throat> why... There's, there's a thing about this movie, too, that, like I was saying earlier... I thought it was going to be supernatural. And this whole time you have this like icky feeling of like a monster is just going to pop out or a ghost or, you know. And I love that about the the movie that it never happens, but you always feel it. Because the monster was in front of us the whole time. God damn it, Evan. You are a genius. The monster is humanity. Oh, God. We're the real monster. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I also love that. Uh, Gordo's like, I'm not going to make another monster film. I'm going to do something different. But he does. But he does. 
That's sly dog. Gordo. Eat another donut. Oh, God. <laughs> Sorry. Jeez. I'm the one that was supposed to be affectionate, but I... Yeah, you know, we're just silly goose del toro, you know? Like, don't... If you ever meet us, just give us a writing gig and we'll we'll make a great movie. More pro- producing. So we're just idea men. We're not writers. Okay. But if you, we can try to write it. If you don't like it, oh, we'll we'll have a great idea. How about this? X-Men. You like Mad Men, right? You like Noir? Mad Men sort of Noir. X-Men. X-Men. I like it. You, you like it? No, you've pitched this like a million times. Oh. Okay, we won't do it. Um, do you like the the sort of gloominess of this film? The setting, the time, the place? Um, I just like the cigarettes where it's like you could just smoke wherever you want. It's just Mad Men. It's like... It's pre-Mad Men though. Yeah, but that Mad Men ideology of you could smoke in a, a diner and put your cigarette out on the pancakes when you're done <laughs> and walk away. And then spit on the pancakes. <laughs> it's such a gritty time back then. Oh, God. Yeah, there's... The look of the movie is like Art Deco. You know that? Like, um, think of like Manhattan and like Empire State Building. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, just like the geometric shapes, you know? Like when they're, they're in the city. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. That's the feel. And then like there's the other other setting of the carnival. Uh, sorry, the circus. Carnies. The carnies, you know? They're poor, gross, mangy, ugly, fat. Strongest man alive, hairiest woman alive. Yeah. The geek. Do you have any relationship with the circus? Like, what's you and the circus? I want to be a geek when I grow up. I knew it. <laughs> I knew it. When you were born, mom brought you home. I'm like, that's a geek. <laughs> Go get a chicken, mom. <laughs> this little baby's going to bite the head oh, off. God. <laughs> My kid said that to me. I was like, what the heck is <laughs> <laughs> I was smoking a cigarette in the dark and mom opened the door. I'm like, it's a geek. You just, you just see like the lit end of the cigarette. Like when you walk in, you don't see it. And then you puff and you see it frightened a bit. It's like, Adrian, what are you doing? <coughs> just flicking at the baby head <laughs> right in the forehead. Adrian, por qué haces eso? It's a geek. Put it in the circus. <laughs> That's cage. Give it that opium alcohol. Yeah, just. And every time, like, mom put up, like, was making the bottle. I'm like, "Hey, mom, give me the bottle. I'll be right back." And I'll be in the back in the kitchen, just grabbing the opium bottle, looking over my shoulder. Bloop, bloop. Adrian, ¿qué estás haciendo? Vitamins. He's a geek. My mom, mom slashy. Pull. Head spins. <laughs> like a cartoon. You don't know what's good for your mom. Beat it, tuts. <laughs> <laughs> That's so weird that like I'm this grifter <laughs> at the age of eight. Yeah. <laughs> Little rapscallion <laughs> over here. Uh, the circus in my life. Every time I looked at a circus, I'm like, uh, my life's a circus. What? My life's a circus. That's for sure. Hong Kong. 
every time I looked at a circus, I'm just like, I don't want to do that. You don't want to be in there? No, I don't want to go. But for the, the Toro, for Gordo, he's like, circus is me. Circus is like an old, it's like, it's leaving now, huh? Like, yeah. I don't see it being a thing in like 50 more years at all. No. I mean, there's like two circuses. There's like the the circus, the cool circus, which is probably like only Las Vegas. Yeah. And then there's all the other circuses. I, I mean, see. at least for me, you know. Yeah. That's what I know. I see the Las Vegas one staying up just because it's like timeless and they could probably do it super amazing every time and then innovate with like new technology or whatever. But like traveling circus, like I think the, the coolness of it is seeing that happen, but like the the elephant standing or whatever, doing whatever, all that. But you can just see that all on your phone and like crazier stuff, <laughs> more entertaining stuff. There's, so in San Diego, there was always the Circus Vargas that passed over here. And that circus was like, I don't know. I, I think we've only been twice or something as kids. And I don't really remember much from it. I guess I didn't go enough. It was kind of creepy, the idea of it. And it was, every time I thought of it, I just thought of like ghetto. Like it's so ghetto. But it never really appealed to me. But I want—I never met someone that's like, I love the circus. <laughs> That'd be funny. <laughs> if it's like, I love the history of the circus. I'd be like, okay. Yeah, cool. that would make sense. Like, I love the idea of a circus. Yeah. Um. The There's a couple things about this movie that I want to talk about. Um, there's the circus part. There's the, this idea of like... This guy, Cooper Staten, who just leeches off everything and becomes sort of wealthy in his own right. But no matter what, he's going to get his downfall. Um, he sort of... To me, when I think of the character played by Cooper, I think of him just being like a sponge... Like, he's not really initiating any action until sort of the middle part of the film. And once he starts initiating it, it's all downhill down, uh, for him. He's learning. He's, he's learning. Yeah. He's learning. And then the Kate Blanchett character, who turns up being sort of his main downfall. What's her motivation in this film? I think she's just, like, a psychopath in her own way. And, like, it's so interested in like psychology where she's like mm. this guy's interesting i'm gonna figure him out mm -hmm. and then just destroy his life and that's like her hobby did she do that like did she want to do that from the moment that she met him at the the mentalist show or mm. was it until he made her feel bad i think at it the started show. with like her being interested in what he was but once she figured it out, he's like, oh, he's just in it for the money. He's nothing else than that, you know? Yeah. And then I don't know when she decided. Maybe it was like their second meeting or right after the first one. Uh-huh. Probably after the first one, he's like, give me information on that guy. She's like, this guy, I already figured him out. He's in it for the money. Damn. She's like, you're such a disappointment. Yeah. I thought it would be more fun. Yeah. One of those characters.
What a baddie. In both ways. Um, there's a motif in this film of circles. And uh, the Toro says, like, the circle is symbolizing, like, you're going to. You are what you become or what you do. Like, you're always going to come back to this point where it's like, it's inevitable. It's inevitable that you're you're nothing, almost. We got to break the wheel. Game of Thrones. Hey, now. And oddly enough, the film ends. I never thought the film was going to end like that. Uh-huh. As far as like him being a geek, I knew he was going to be sort of like... He was he was he might have died, you know, but yeah, I love like the whole like I was born for this. The but the thing that threw me off about like the ending was like, you know, like the end when he's like, I'm born for this. Mm-hmm. I, there's like the other guy in the background that was watching the film and he's like, <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, come on, guy. Well, you got to be completely silent the whole movie. Yeah. Gee, let the guy laugh. But it's like he was that kind of laugh that's like. You sly dog, you got me. I like we know what he's trying to do. You don't have to give. He's that. just laughed, Adrian. You give him a whole story. <laughs> and I love like Cooper's like I love how they focus on Cooper just like breaking down his face. Yeah. Uh, I I was skimming through the the original film, and the in the in the original film he says the same line, but the film ends with uh the girl that he left. Um, being at that circus and him him sort of geeking and like running around everywhere and everyone's like we gotta find them and like the girl's like who do we gotta find like oh Stan Stan's here Stan it's okay I'll take care of you and he's like oh it's okay you know so it ends like on a good note almost like that's stupid yeah like she's gonna take care of him but this film ends like oh he's lost yeah and that's what I like about this film Two films that that we watched recently, not a happy ending. It could be. Don't look up, sure. Don't look up and this film. And I like that. It's a sort of sign of the times too, right? We're like directors have a gloom a gloom outlook. I think it's more like realistic. Mm. Not that like life is like. <laughs> right, you're right. You're born right. to die, sort of thing. <laughs> but like, you're. It's there's a good chance it can't end well if you don't like put your guns up sort of thing. Like you gotta you gotta work for it and then be aware of what you're doing sort of thing. Yeah. Because Bradley Cooper, he could have made out a millionaire, lived with that girl her whole life. He could have been happy. Yeah, but he just went too far. He wanted more. Same thing with like Don't Look Up. Like they could have been happy. They could have been like, we survive. We're this whole world. We're gonna come together and be peaceful. Mm-hmm. No nope, more money. It's like it's the same ending. Yep. <laughs> yep. What the heck? Well, they're dealing with the same kind of idea of like greed mm-hmm. and sort of a gloom outlook on humans, on the bad humans. But in the end, it does kind of affect us, but not yeah. in this one. Don't look up if affects us, but this one is just like, I guess he did kind of leave a trail of death. Yeah. Him. But in the end, he did still lose. That's true. And it's, 
it's also interesting, like, other than these two films, I mean, there's the last two that's already popping in my head, but a lot of the films we watched recently are sort of uh, either superhero films or nostalgic films mm-hmm. for the past. Uh, there's a change coming, huh? There's something happening. There's anyway. something. There's something. I see little particles. Yeah. Little magical particles. What's other films coming this year? Um, I think we did like the most anticipated films recently. One. Oh, what's the new Batman? What's what's oh. the lesson with that? <laughs> well, it's supposed to be like darker and grittier, but also more realistic. I think it'll be more into like his mental issues. So maybe yeah. that's like another sign, like mental issues. Like, I think Batman's gonna be like a bad guy, like more of a bad guy. I don't know what the hell they're trying to do with Batman. I could see every. I could see all. I mean, yeah. I I was trying to ask for not a superhero film because superhero films are so weird to me right now. Oh, look it up. Because they're like. When I think of superhero films, I just think of like us trying to sort of not. How do I say this? They're trying to ignore the present time and trying. When we're going to superhero films, we're trying to sort of be okay with our frustrating times that we're going through right now. Like we're we're trying to be find something to distract us. Right. That's mostly Marvel, though. But even Marvel is like they're kind of dipping into like loss and mental issues and stuff. Like all the Loki, like bad guy turned good sort of thing. Captain and Winter Soldier. That's like racism is still clearly alive. WandaVision mental issues. Yeah. Spider-Man, he has to like literally give up everything in order to be like a hero. Yeah, I guess. I guess. I guess it's not all like happy. Spider-Man, ending. that's not really a happy ending, if you think about it. True. True. So movies? Hit me with your a best. A lot of them are superhero. <laughs> um, I'll skip the Avatar 2. I don't know when that's coming. Um, there's a lot of superhero movies. <laughs> Moonfall? That. Uh, Moonfall? It's by that, by Roland Emmerich, the destruction director, like 2012 sort of thing. Ugh. I kind of want to watch that. Like the CGI looks cool. For, what is it called? Moonfall. Like the, the moon is hitting earth. Why do you want to watch that? You should, if you're annoyed by it, then you should watch it. Okay, you're right. Gotcha. <sighs> Top Gun remake, Sonic 2. Um, not really much. What's that movie that's coming out soon? Oh yeah, it is Batman. Sorry. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> Anyways, um, yeah, I guess. I don't know, but yeah, there's something happening. There's a thesis, but I think we're too zoomed in. We need to zoom out. Boom! I see it. <sighs> um, this movie sort of threw me off because the. The parents of stepbrothers are in this film. Oh, yeah. That's funny. And I feel like if... I don't know. I feel like Del Toro didn't watch Step Brothers. So 
we wouldn't he doesn't know like the connotation right the connection between that and this and i'm like he sort of threw me off because it's that one act the the billionaire dude in that movie or billion millionaire uh-huh like i just can't unsee him as like the stepbrother dad really. me neither and i'm sure he has like a ton of movies yep but he was so good in that movie and then that's I when i just kind of and he was in the shape of water too Oh, he was? Yeah. That's probably why he likes him. Yeah. He's a good actor, but he was just too iconoclastic in... Um, Step Brothers. Step Brothers, yeah. Uh, Ivan, what's your favorite scene in this movie? I like when Kate Blanchett was introduced and he was trying to divine what was in her handbag. Yeah. And then the later explanation of it all. Just because like, at the time, I was like, oh, she's in on it. Like, Kate Blanchett, like, because it was like a two-year time skip, so I thought, like, we're just catching yep. some crazy new... Dime. Broad. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> but that's how they're mentioning the film. Come on. So, yeah. yep. uh-huh. it was just cool to see him in action. Yeah, his thought process. Yeah. How he dissects and figures out a mentalist, how they figure out who people are. Mm-hmm. Everyone has mommy issues. You're no different. Um, Beat it. That's that's a <laughs> that's a good scene. I love. To me, the the my favorite parts of the movie were the circus parts mm-hmm. and the mysterious circus parts. Like, why is this guy butting the chicken? The chicken's head off. Um, why are there babies in little um, jars? jars those were creepy yeah um i love uh the character william the post character just like explaining like how everything works yeah um just like the life of the circus you know that was interesting to me well uh sorry not to cut everything off from best scenes but what would happen if del toro and um my boy Tim Burton switched spots and that Toto made Dumbo and I saw Dumbo. Oh, uh, Tim Burton made this film. This movie would be bad. <laughs> Guys, Ivan doesn't like Tim Burton. I saw Dark Shadows the other day. What did you think? It sucked. Like suck suck? There's good it was it was funny. I'll talk about it more at the end. It was funny moments. Oh, okay. Yeah. Overall I was like, what the heck is this? Yeah. What is he doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tim Burton's weird. Um, I saw a uh, big fish. I've been wanting. I saw it on Netflix. I'm like, Shh. it's weird. It looks weird. We'll talk about it later. <laughs> uh, uh, another thing before we get to best scenes, I completely missed this, but um, that Toro he has like a bunch of movies that he said he was gonna make, but he didn't make. And he writes so many films. Mm-hmm. He's like, I have a movie for that. I have a movie idea for that. <laughs> so there's like uh, Just League Dark, whatever. Um, Pinocchio, Beauty and the Beast. Um, the Haunted Mansion, the, the Disney property, yeah. whatever. And every year I hear like, oh, he's going to make that film? That's going to be amazing. And then he drops out. He's like, no, nah, I'm doing, making this movie instead. The Hobbit, he was going to make the trilogy for The Hobbit, Jeez. but he dropped because of like conflict or something. 
Pacific Rim 2. There's so many films, right? I like that the idea of just cranking out scripts. Yeah. I think it would make you not so attached to everything. Because imagine he like has one script. He's like, I want to make this so bad. And he just can't think of making anything else. And then he's just stuck, not working. Because right now, like he was in a spot where he could have made anything. And he made this because of Shape of yeah. Water. So it just shows like, put the work in. Don't think about making your magnum opus. And if if you look at his like past three films, Crimson Peak... Shape of Water and uh, Nightmare Alley, they sort of have like the same look and feel. I wonder where he goes. Like Pinocchio's his next film, I guess, if mm-hmm. he really finishes it off. Kind of weird, right? Like he's doing what he wants, and that's awesome. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you have like a million scripts, you can just tailor it to like the times. Like, well, there's some. What's what the word you use for like Trump? Charlatan. Yeah. Shuckster. Shuckster. Like, well, we need a movie about some, about a Shuckster getting his due. Yeah. Like, Nightmare Alley. I wrote this 25 years ago. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And then it gets made. Okay. Best scene. I like that scene. I like all the circus scenes. Um, there's not too many scenes also that stand out to me because, like, everything feels of a piece. Mm-hmm. And the f- I like also his restraint, like of not having too much like, poof, like action scenes and like nothing too crazy. Everything's like the same tone. I like the gun, gun shot sounds and the punching, because they're so like, <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. When he when he killed that dude, yeah, it was like I don't think punches are ever that loud, <laughs> but he like added like, like bricks colliding together yeah. to that, and it was. And they show this face. He's like mashed in those. That's cool. The real rage in the man, right? Yeah. The beast. The monster. The monster. Oh my god. Synergy if I ever had one. Um, rewatchability. Medium. I'm just gonna say it. Low. I want to remember this movie as i saw it in the theaters okay that's it let's rate this film how many geeks out of five Woo! how many tickets four out of five tickets five out of five tickets i have four geeks four geeks you're geeking on four geeks right now i don't know this movie sort of conflicts me i don't understand you i know it's and it's partly because like my rating system is so bad up yeah like i give everything a four (laughs) and now i don't know what to do with myself i saw this coming like a year ago adrian i know when you saw me once you saw me give no time to die a 4.25 yeah you're like well there goes your rating scale (laughs) there's no room there's no room for anything well, you you can start fresh right now. Can I? Sure. Five out of five. <laughs> <laughs> That's not fresh. Four point five out of five geeks. This movie is really good. Can you re-rate No Time to Die then? Yeah. Five. No, it's a <laughs> it's a three. 
There we go. At the three out of now five. I see a scale here. The thing is that uh, I'm such a like a I see the good in too much. Like I see the good in everything. Like that that affects me in music. That affects me in everything. But the a three. I think it's because people see three as a bad thing too much. So I still yeah. see the good, but I also see that three isn't bad. Yeah, that's yeah. That's me then. It's like. It's not that people's, it's that I see bad in three too. Yeah. But I shouldn't see bad in three. I should see. Three is like a seven out of 10 and that's not bad. Yeah. It's like what I tried to tell my mom when I got like F's in, in school. Like <laughs> half, give me some credit, you know? I did half the work. Yeah. Come on, man. It's a lot of work. Yeah. Um. And what influences me a lot too is like going to the movies and experiencing a movie because i was like right in the front for no time to die and it was so much action and i was so into it like, ah! 4.5 out of 5 for this film okay i think it brings it up to one of my favorite films of the year but i don't know about that so well it released last year technically that's true no, I'm counting it for this year. All right. Excuse um, us. We'll be back with uh, the rest of this podcast, but Nightmare Alley. Good film. Thank you, Gordo. <sighs> Ivan, it's time for a section we like to call Things and Such. Moon Knight. No. Not too excited. Me neither. Oscar Isaac. Oscar Isaac. It's probably gonna be good, but I know I just want the movies, you know? I don't I'm not too into the shows. Like I'll watch them eventually. But I Maybe this is the show though. Like this is the show. This is the show that breaks it for you. But I really I really like Loki. Like they're oh, not bad. Oh, okay. But I just think but I just want the movies. Right, you're n- the shows sort of don't entertain you like that. Yeah, I'd say add more fun. I enjoyed Shang Shang Chi more than Loki, but Loki was better because it was in the theater. Right, and it was like a nice two-hour block of like an event. Is it that uh, Marvel movies don't? Sorry, Marvel doesn't translate to TV better as good. Or is it that movies are ultimately your favorite thing to do than TV? Um, like, what I'm asking is, like, you have... What's your favorite movie of all time? Or, like, what's a great movie? Other Guys. Okay. I would want Other Guys HBO show, though. Right. And that could be better. Right. Like, I, I guess, like, would you rather watch... What would you say is better, Mad Men or Other Guys? And given that they're both equal rating to you, what would you rather do? Or what would you... So like a Mad Men movie versus a Mad Men... Oh, no. Mad Men movie versus other guys' movie or other guys' TV show versus Mad Men TV show? I guess... Is that what you're kind of... No. (laughs) Is that adding another layer of complication to this? (laughs) I'm just asking, I guess, like, what's your favorite format, TV or movies? I think it just depends 
what they're trying to do. So, so Marvel doesn't do good TV for you so far. Yeah. It's not good enough. I think it's because Marvel, like, you don't really need eight hours for what it's trying to do. Like, yes. you need eight hours for Mindhunter because that's slow and, like, you have to sit with it. Marvel movies, you could probably do all, all the shows in a movie mm. in some way. I would disagree with that because, like, WandaVision, I think there's, like, I, to me, WandaVision is probably the best show for some reason. I don't know. Maybe it's because it was the first one, but there's a lot of story to tell. Yeah. And a lot of things you can sit on and build characters with. Well, WandaVision has to be a TV show because it's like meta with it being a TV show, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. But besides that, maybe it could have been meta with it being a movie. But like the ending of WandaVision was like, we found the bad guy. Let's right. fly up and fight each other. Yeah. And like the whole plot is like she's crazy, but she doesn't know it. And then she figures it out and she figures out it was her fault. And then there's like that tiny plot point of her seeing like the runes and how to trap people. Yeah. And then that's the end. That's how they solve it. And mm-hmm. I think you could boil that down to a movie. Yeah. If you really tried. I'm not saying it was done badly as a TV show, but. I just think TV shows are meant to be like you sit with everything. I don't see that too much with. Like, I think an action TV show is kind of pointless. Yeah, I agree. Like a movie should be action. Yeah, because like. Action doesn't lend itself too well for TV for me. Like I get disinterested easily. And action is like. Realistically, if you got in one fight, you would be out for like two weeks. Yeah. When someone hits you in the head with a gun, yeah, you're most likely going to die. So a movie's kind of perfect because... It's done. Yeah, it's that two-hour frame of the person's life yeah. if they're doing it in two hours or whatever. But you see that, like, just that bit, and it's like a perfect amount of action for that bit. Mm-hmm. But like Winter Soldier of... Oh, uh, like a month of action of getting your knuckles destroyed, your face destroyed. Like it can't be good. But that's like that's a different. Yeah, it's like realism sort of thing. Yeah, Winter Soldier sucked because it was. Racist. Wait, what? Not Winter Soldier. Uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Yeah, wasn't good because. I don't know, just that kind of stuff. It's sort of boring to me. Racism? You think racism is boring? Uh, not not racism, but action on TV screens that I can see. Blah, 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 blah. I'm uh, sure there's good action shows, but like, if I guess it's also preference because like Mindhunter is my favorite, Madden is my favorite. Yeah, exactly. And they're all just talking. Talky talk. We like the talky talk. But I think that's the good thing about shows. Like, what's Shows are good because you get to... I got it. Go. Shows are good because you get... (laughs) (laughs) Damn you. I think the benefit of like a big screen for a movie is you could see like picturesque landscapes and you could see like the brutality of a... (laughs) And like you could feel everything. You're in the fight. Yeah. With a show, it's like 
since it's just like like that most of the time smaller screen you have to rely on the dialogue to tell your story it's a more intimate experience too because if you get a punch on the tv show it won't be as punchy as one in the movie unless you have a theater at your house but then you got to kind of cater to the the regular normie people who just watch tv cater to the device So, what's the best show for a uh, iPad? What's the best show for a uh, like Coco Melon? Yeah, or like that's true. Or Rascals. I don't know. So Moonlight, uh, Moonlight, Moon Knight, <laughs> Ethan Hawke, Oscar Isaac sounds good, but not too interested. I don't know. I don't know what to say. It's probably gonna be amazing, in its own way. I'm just not interested in action. That's what it is. Action on TV, you're right. Growing up, evolving. The Mat the Batman. The Matman. The Batman. Three hours long, Ivan. <laughs> I don't want that, man. <laughs> Can you just make a tour? They're putting so many characters in it. But they're supposed to be like reoccurring. And I think it's supposed to be just like flashes of the character, not like I was born in a penguin zoo right right and they right. raised me as a penguin it's like here's cobblepot this is his mo this is what he does here's catwoman you just like know they exist and i think that's like how you should handle batman now like we know who batman is we know the main villains we know who they are we don't have to reintroduce everyone all the time but three hours dude i'm excited dark knight rises was three hours and that's like the most entertaining movie ever True. I guess like the fatigue is already in me, so it's gonna be good. I'm probably gonna cry during it. <laughs> <laughs> that tells you everything you need to know about Ivan Aprosu. Um Kanye demands final cut on his documentary. Shut up, Kanye. Dang! He's come full circle, guys. The circle. I think like at a point, like, I'm tired of <laughs> Yeah. Like, I imagine these d- directors are knowing, they know what they're doing. And I, like, he's just getting to a point where he's, like, micromanaging too much with stuff like this. Like, I don't even know what take to have on him, but this was just like, all right, I don't care anymore about that. Just release do- documentary. It's not like they're going to make him into some crazed lunatic because that's how everyone already <laughs> sees him. Yeah. The worst thing they can do is show him how the people already see him. And I know he's like, like, have you heard about that T-Pain story with him? Uh, Yeah, that he like, he said that don't use that lyric, it's stupid. No, well, that's a different one. But oh, okay, like, go. I think they're in the studio and like... T-Pain did something weird or did something stupid. He would do that. So, but. And then Kanye just like made fun of him in front of like everyone. And like, like, ha ha, you suck. Like stuff like that. But like T-Pain said it like it was super embarrassing and yeah. uncomfortable. And I'm sure that's like what the documentary is. Right. And I think in Kanye's mind, he doesn't think of it as like a bad thing. Yeah. He just, he's like, he's just making fun of someone. Like, yeah. It was funny. But in actuality it's probably not good 
Yeah. And I think it's it's super disrespectful for Kanye to be like, I need final cut on this documentary made by these directors. Yeah. Like these guys are I don't, I don't know anything about them, but for you to say like I deserve to have the final cut. I deserve to be editing this film. Like, what do you mean? This isn't your take. This is a take by these artists on something. This isn't your project. It's like if, like, imagine if you did that to, like, any other artist on his label. Well, I mean, I guess it's not about. It's different because it is his life, I guess. But I just think it's still, like, that person's art. So we can't say, yeah. like, I'm going to make it my way like no because it's like if i exactly if i want to make a comic book about kanye's life he i have my own vision about it Mm -hmm. kanye doesn't deserve to have the his editing on my comic book yeah it's my interpretation of it and i get it that it's a documentary about him which is sort of like you're talking about my real life you shouldn't manipulate it but it's an artistic vision and if he wanted to do it himself he should have done it himself in the first place yep I think it's his footage, isn't it? Oh, he owns it or something I, like Because I know he's been like recording himself for the past like 80 years. Really? Yeah. He has like a dude who follows him around and just records him. That's cool. That's cool. But um, I think it's that footage. So maybe he has some right. But also like if he wanted to actually do yeah. it, he should have from the start been like, look, I have all the footage. Let me edit this together yeah instead of like when it's done say like you know what let me look at it yeah like it's just it's almost laziness at a point yeah oh Kanye and he's fighting publicly with his baby mama the downfall or rise of Kanye West there's always a downfall and rise circle you shuckster Kanye's life like it's like a a weird dream of mine but like i want to make a museum on him just like it would be it would show him at like his worst too like how bad he is but like i think his life is the most like interesting from like a mental perspective yeah and a creative like take because he's obviously like just not like good at times but he also makes like the most artistic stuff ever Mm-hmm. like truly like one of the most artist artists yeah in like our generation at least and also that he came up in a time when uh we can all see him on the tv on the internet you know and he has access to social media so we can hear his thoughts or people like miles davis i'm sure he was the same way but um he came up in the 50s and 60s where it wasn't so accessible and he was sort of, he wasn't like Kanye where he was like so outlandish and came out in public because he kept to himself but yeah. there was drug use womanizing and artistic work you know so mm-hmm. interesting yes um Dr. Dre Super Bowl spot the TV spot thing yeah i found it crazy is like so weird it it was cool yeah surreal is a better word just like so much production into this little super bowl ad um 
but it just shows like the scope of the project and also how important it seems to be. It just it just doesn't sit right with me, you know. Yeah, and I think maybe maybe it'll be their most amazing thing ever, but it's just tacked onto the Super Bowl, which is like the most ad-ridden thing, like sell you the most stuff ever possible. It's I think it's like the biggest advertisement in the world. I think besides like World Cup. Yeah, it is. So that that attached to it is like it kind of defeats the purpose of like some artistic mm-hmm. whatever they're gonna do. Mm-hmm. Doesn't like defeat it, defeat it, but it like takes the wind out of it. Right. I like like the they put so much like imp. How, how do I say it? They show how uh much. Dre, yeah. So Dutch Dre, in the in the trailer of the the Super Bowl ad, they show how much impact he's had, right? Via his music, yes. And his music music in the trailer seems so like, uh, profound and like you know, mm-hmm. from like the keyboard to like all the artists he's had under his wing. It's so it's kind of crazy. Let's be real. Uh oh. I'm more curious, but I feel like his impact is only like a five year span that has then like branched out into everything. But mm-hmm. I don't think like because I think Kanye's impact is like a twenty year span, and it's still ongoing. Right, right, right. Whereas uh-huh. Dre, he he had like obviously he has his legacy. I'm not like taking that away, but I think he's like sitting on the fact that what he did like 10 20 years ago for like five years and i don't think is he building anything else or is he just well i think it's more so true his like creative peak was 20 years ago right and that that creative peak lasted for i would say 10 years Mm -hmm. um and he hasn't himself added his his own thing, like his own work, hasn't added too much to the current zeitgeist or current culture, but it's more so how his tendrils has been over hip hop, right? With Eminem, Kendrick Lamar, Snoop Dogg, Mary um, J. Blige. What? Mary J. Mary J. Blige. Sexist. But of course, you named the woman last. Well, I just don't see his impact on, on her. her. Like I think yeah. she's her. She's more of her own. Doing she made then. herself. So. Yeah. Okay. It's a good save. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think that's Dr. Dre's legacy now. Where Kanye is more immediate. Like, yeah, his tendrils are big. I think, like, if you do uh, Kanye Super Bowl in 20 years from now, because he's going to be the same age as He's going to have, like, that would be stadium of people he's inspired. Yeah, like, you can see a much more octopus arm yeah grasp and then dre's but i would i would i'm just saying dre's like the first producer to be doing that and then kanye's just like the the next evolution yeah understood um i saw this (laughs) stupid thing i wasted my i wasted 20 minutes of my life 
but it was interesting to look into Pokimane versus Ninja. Do you have any idea what this is? I know who that is. I know who they are, but I don't know. You're like, why are you even saying their name? Yes. To me, okay, we don't have to go into the details, but after reading like why they're arguing and all that, mm-hmm. and like all like the meta things that they're arguing about, I'm like, dang, there's this whole world that I have no idea about. And it was creepy. And I was laughing out loud. I think from my experience, I'm not I was never really like a stream watcher. Like I way back I used to watch people playing games which is like the proto version of yeah. streamers yep but they would just record there and then talk about the game make jokes whatever what they do now yeah but back then it was a lot more like people had a little more character to them where like not everyone would watch them like there was no pokemains but like the people who did watch them they're like a fan base yes and they were kind of they knew what they were doing in a way yeah whereas pokimane and ninja they're like their fan base is just like kids yeah they're not really there for who the person is more like of a demographic yeah where's i going with this sort of your experience and how it's changed oh um i just see like streamers as they're more ads they're just advertisements for the next game, which is like... They're cool. just money makers then. Yeah. I mean, back then they weren't. Like, uh-huh. Their advertisements in the way were... Like the good form of advertisements where they would... Recommend things <coughs> that they like. play good games. And say, that was good. And they would be funny. And they would be a person. Yeah. But now it's just like... Here's a million dollars to promote this game. Oof. Be this general character that doesn't really hurt anyone's feelings. And then sell the game. It's like a super capitalism capitalized version. Capitalistic version of uh, what it used to be. So now it's like that's all there is. It's just a way to sell more games. And it's crazy because like I saw there's like an infographic of entertainment industries and like video games are like way above movies and tv and like everything else where like they make insane money like ungodly amounts of money especially like app games Uh uh-huh yeah i think that's like more than i think just app games is more than movies and tv and then on top of like console stuff it's like wow so that's why like they're so important like these streamers yeah because they're really like they like make so much money for people like Fortnite without streamers would have been nothing. Yep. That's true. It's just, it's just crazy. And that's all I see them. They're worth like as an advertisement tool, all of them or they're just, they sort of clouded everything for you. I mean, maybe there's like some lesser, not as big. Cause the only way to get big is to be super general with like your audience and right. like who you are to not offend anyone mm-hmm. or be an attractive girl mm-hmm. with the same like don't offend anyone but be pretty not you taking s- away from what they do but also taking away what they do <laughs> you're sort of making me side with the person that started this whole thing what do you mean like in this i, I when i was reading about it pokemon 
Pokimane. How do you Pokimane? Pokimane. She got like spammed by this this guy that sent all his fans to her. Like, let's talk shit to her. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I sort of like this guy now. Because you're saying she's but ninja's just, the same. He's just. But Ninja didn't do that. It was what? another guy. Oh. Like a lesser known guy. Oh, he's just. That dude's just jealous of the fact that Pokemon's like the biggest stream in the world. Oh. I don't even know who the guy is, but like, what other reason? Like, it's. Maybe it's because, like, what you're saying, like, she's just like. She's but just a general then, like, lady. If you're using. I don't want to say hate, but like negativity to like prove a point then you're already in the wrong that's true you're being too diplomatic me yeah so i want to be evil (laughs) (laughs) but yeah i get that so if you want to make money make a good game that's like stream worthy like Uh a nice cute little super cute funny game and get a streamer to if you get pokemon to play that you're, you're set for life Literally. And it could be like the simplest, stupidest game. It could be like an hour long game to sell it for a five dollar. bucks. A dollar. Make it super cute, funny, stupid. Is that what people do? I don't Or companies do. <laughs> they wanna make people play their game and spend the money. But mm-hmm. I'm talking about like a normal person like me or you. Uh, like we would make like some super cute gotcha, funny gotcha. stupid game. Uh huh. Where they would, and we get them to see it, and they they play it for however long. We just made our million cash out, or pay them a million. Hey, play this game, and then we make a make we make like it 10 would million. be yeah that would work. But you have to get their attention. Yeah, like if you could get that link with them and get them to play that game, and if it's good, then you're just set. Or tell them, hey, we'll give you ten uh, percent of our money. But then that's a gamble for them. If you could just say, like, here's a million. You play this game for five hours. Ah, uh, right, right, right. Yeah. But 10% over a lifetime? I mean, that's... If you're smart, you would do that. But they don't know if you're going to be hit. And these, I don't think these streamers are, like, gambling. They just want, like... Cash. They want that check. <laughs> They're not here to... Invest. Yeah. Um. All right. Ivan, it's time for... Um, Something we call What's on the telly Anything you're watching recently? Dark Shadows I saw Poopy? Funny moments Cool moments But it was like Between wanting to be a kids movie And like An adult movie Yeah I was like What is this? Like Am I supposed to laugh? Is this Am I supposed to feel bad Right now? (laughs) I couldn't I really couldn't tell sometimes And he kills so many people yeah. Not that I'm like super against like murder and movies, <laughs> but the way it was handled in the movies, it was, it felt like inhumane in a way. Yeah. And he's sort of like the guy you're supposed to be rooting for, right? Yeah. And he just makes jokes. What do you think about Johnny Depp? You miss him? Yeah. I wish he would have his comeback. He can do it. He just needs to like get over this. Not that it's easy. <laughs> <laughs> Is he allowed to have his comeback? Yeah. Did he do any wrong in what he did? Probably, but it's part of like that next phase of humanity where like people Except do wrong, but like you realize, okay, you understand what you did, you won't do it again. Let's move on. Yeah, I think that that is a good point. The next phase <coughs> of after the Me Too is realizing like everyone has their own Me Too thing. 
Yeah. So it's like, oh, we have to forgive people now. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> yeah. Um anything else? Dark Shadows? Um I wa- I've been watching this on Netflix like Crazy Houses. I saw that you were watching that. Why are you looking at what I watch? I accidentally pressed yours and you. I was like, "Why is I don't think he's watching that." <laughs> And I, I was like, let me get out of here before I see anything else. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just interesting because I've always been my new passion. <laughs> I always liked the the theory behind architecture uh-huh. and like design and like stuff like that. And how like the show basically like like let's say it was built in Norway. They use like Norwegian lumber, Norwegian themes of the past to build like this modern house so it's like modern but pays um, homage to uh-huh. other things and that's like uh, what each house pretty much does and then it's just interesting to see like the thought process of like how like that brick wall symbolizes like a legitimate feeling whereas like normally like we see this like it's a wall but in like a real like architecturalized home that wall yeah. would have a meaning. Yeah. Rich people are though, so. Yeah, but like they go into like the fact that modern architecture, they just, it's super like watered down because they want like m- built houses. They don't want to think about like how it lays in the land, how it works with the community and yes. stuff like that. They just want, here's a house, live in it. Yep. It looks like all the other houses. Yep. And that's what architecture is these days. Yep. So it's cool because they go into that and say, like, this is what's missing. This is what that means. Reminds me of uh, Kanye and his ideas for houses. Like, mm-hmm. we need to live in a society that has natural light or stuff like that. Yeah. But with Kanye, I just hate how he doesn't know how to say his message without sounding crazy. Yeah. Because he has the ideas, but he needs, like, that filter that he'll never get. Because he thinks he doesn't need a filter. He should just be like the income generator mm-hmm. and hire like the people, which he does. But he's too crazy to not let people. He wants to be part of what that person does too. He wants to take. He's too uh, egomaniac and he wants. Yes. Where he should just realize there's an idea that hasn't been done. Let's get a good archi- architect to do it. And then, okay, how do we tell people that we need open air okay let me get on leonardo dicaprio to talk about eloquently how (laughs) (laughs) this is needed yeah and he's just like the idea guy i want to watch that show now because i do see like it's uh for the art art inclined you know like i I don't ever want to be an architect it seems too like intricate yeah but like it would be interesting if I had the money to build like my own dream house and say like, look, because they talk to the architects too. There's one house with this guy. He he was so obviously like a narcissist, but like he asked the architect to make it super detailed and make it like him. And the, the house was like super nice, but it's so like, 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 like a disco ball kind of like, like uh overly extravagant yeah and like he has like um you'd have to watch it but it's just such a 
obviously like narcissist house. It's creepy. Like everything is just so beautifully like art mirrors, like a a pool like in the middle. It's just like when you watch it, I'll, I'll tell you the episode. But and you talk to the guy, and he's like intense, and he's like perfectly, perfectly shaven, perfectly looking Ugh. everything, and he doesn't blink. Like the lady gave him a compliment, and he's like looking at her. That's and creepy. A little bit. Like they kind of cut it so you can't see it, but if you look at him, you could tell like this dude is he loves himself and he loves that everyone loves him in a way. Ugh. Who is he? Just some random dude. It some was like, rich guy? It was in the Ma- Miami episode. I oh. Think. Miami? He yeah. would live in Miami. Yes. He looked he was even saying like I love the craziness of Miami. <laughs> Too much cocaine. <laughs> Um, Peacemaker. I haven't watched. I don't have HBO anymore. I'm focusing on what I have on Netflix. Good man. It's a. I don't know. I don't really want to go too into detail about Peacemaker, but at least it's. Uh, I like how it's different than everything, and it's his own vision of. It's a sorry. What's his name? James Gunn's yeah. own vision of. Of a. Uh, not so good hero. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have, have you watched it? Yeah, I watched two episodes. Okay. That's interesting. Uh, Euphoria. Shut okay, up. Still watching that. You still haven't watched it, <laughs> no. huh? You shut up again. Uh, Station Eleven. Have you seen that? No. It's a HBO show. Oh, you have HBO. I think you'll like uh, Station Eleven. Why? It's, it's um. It's like um. If COVID happened, mm-hmm. but a million times worse. Okay. But it doesn't focus on that. So it's like the background. People just live in life. But like also, Grana. Kinda. I don't want to give too much detail, but it's it's probably top. Any actors I know? Um, The guy from Don't Look Up. The, Leo? The bad boyfriend that dumps her after. Uh, I hated that guy. Just watch it. I don't want to give too much detail. Station Eleven. I don't know if you'll watch it, but you should watch it. Uh, yeah, that's all I really want to talk about. What's on the telly? I have an assignment for a section we like to call "Really Be Busting." <laughs> Earl sweatshirt. Sick. <laughs> nice little wet fart for that guy. The sick album. He. His name, his album's called Sick. Did you listen to it? No. Not interested in it at all, right? I listened to single. I, I'm not. I'm over rap. It's done. You're done. I've moved on to whatever, whatever's next. I'll listen to whatever artist I like comes out. But you lost me, rap. <laughs> <laughs> you lost a good one today. <laughs> uh. The album, uh, sick to me, takeaways are, uh, it's very sick. It's kind of like, good. I don't know if it's good. I don't know what it is. It's just so, it's kind of complicated to me. It reminds reminds me of like jazz as far as like, you have to know if it's good, even if you don't like it. I don't know if it's good. If it's well made? Yeah. 
Because that's like his thing. He makes ugly music on purpose, isn't it? That's a way to say it. <laughs> I just... Like, I know there's genius behind what he's saying. Kay. I just don't understand it. So you gotta... So I gotta listen to it, huh? <laughs> that's what you're saying. Yeah, you gotta listen I'm to the it. the one who can understand this. You, like, you can tell he's talking about, like, his life and, like, things he's dealing with. But there's so much, like, it's layered. Like metaphors, not metaphors, like but butterfly broken in the wings. I'm gonna kill a trash can. There's some of that, <laughs> <laughs> but you would have to know like him to understand you like his lyrics, you know. It's and like, then there's like very meta stuff and like metaphors, like you just said. That's like, and maybe it's promoting like gun violence, <laughs> replayability, mm-hmm. but it, maybe it's also being off-putting for a reason like maybe it's like well like art is essentially how you communicate what you're feeling right yeah but i think he likes that secretiveness to him so he's communicating in like a secretive way that you really have to listen to and even if you really listen to you have to know him too yeah but i think that's kind of like what's holding him back too like you got to be able to communicate your message to others which I think he doesn't care at yeah, all about. Yeah. Which like, I mean, I mean, do what you want, but I feel like he's gonna die and realize like, I should have maybe just sold out a little bit so I'm not like doing yeah dirt poor stuff. Not that he's poor, but I'm sure he's he should be a lot bigger. Yeah, he should be like in stables. Right, like a more indie version of Vince Staples, or like the the indie alchemist Jacob. version of Vince Staples. Yes. <sighs> yeah, there's just too much there. Uh, Corday. <laughs> I don't. I know. Like he's probably like, what do you call it? Patient zero of like why I don't like rap anymore. Uh huh. Not that he's bad, but like his name just feels like so basically rap what's corday like is it no i heard it and i was like that's another rapper he uh i was listening to him his album like everything sounds fine nothing like bad but i guess like the one feeling i do get is like his sort of thing is i think suited towards like the j cole version of what everyone like the j cole trap kind of i don't know i think what i notice is that i sort of see why people don't like him and it's sort of the same feeling you get when you listen to logic okay just like i don't sense something in you disingenuous not disingenuous just like there's something missing lack of vulnerability no honesty Lack of true honesty. Lack of uniqueness. <laughs> Dang. Someone said that to me, I'd cry. Like, logic and him are the same because, like, when you hear it, it's like, you're saying this and I everything sounds fine, but these are just words. <laughs> I think that's a lot of what's missing in rap is, like, the feeling behind what you're saying 
and I don't think a lot of rappers have that. Like Kanye, he can make you feel like what he's feeling with what yeah. he's saying. Twenty One Savage can do it, even if his like his raps are about like what everyone else is rapping about yes. these days. But he feels what he's saying. Yep. When he's saying like I lost a friend to gun violence or whatever. Mm-hmm. Whereas like Corday can do that, and you don't really feel that. Like he just he lost them, but he didn't feel like impact. He's more using his friend as like a verse. Right. 21 is using his friend as like a verse, but like emotional outlet. Yes. I don't think rappers really have that now. Yeah. They don't have feelings anymore. That's what the game does. Takes away the feelings. The game and Kanye. Have you heard that song? Uh, Have you heard uh, T.I. versus the people? Yeah. I think that's like this is like the sequel to that in my head. Oh, okay. Not literally, but like spiritual successor. Oh. Uh-huh. Just cause like I like the beat and the, the hook, but I don't care about the game. He kind of sounds like a a Khal- DJ Khaled who can rap. Right. And then Kanye, he's just talking about like what happened like a day ago. <laughs> And he's going to forget about it next week. Yeah. And it was like free verse, whatever. Not bad, but it's like, it's nothing real. Yeah, I hear you. Thank God it's the game song. So I can say like, that's not Kanye. That's the game. Take it off of his discography. Pretty much. I remember liking the game a lot when he first came out in high school. Uh, but then as he, the more albums he came out with, the more I realized all his raps are just like about other people. Like if, I don't know if you ever listened to it. He's like, I was hanging out with Dr. Dre the other day. And like Eminem said, <laughs> girls aren't, <laughs> Jeez. but sometimes I ride around listening to Snoop Dogg. He's one of those who has nothing to him. Yeah. Like, uh, it's a modern one. I I was the baby, kind of. Mm-hmm. Maybe he'll. He, the baby's a little too young to say that for sure, but he has like that game of like. There's nothing really more there. Yeah. That's sad. there could be more, but that's up to him to see if he ever grows. And the game never grew. Obviously. No, he fizzled out. Yeah kind of weird because in a way like the game is i see him as like a legend i know but he's if you like look at him in a microscope he like just sat around legends yeah it's creepy right yeah, like, yeah. what's his hit song what's the song like this is his best song are uh, is probably a song that 50 cent owns <laughs> hater to love it uh, so he's like uh French Montana. Yeah. But who can rap better? Yeah. He's actually, he, he, the good thing about him is like, he has a great, uh, the delivery Mm -hmm. as far as how he raps the baby. Right. But the words don't have any meaning. So the sickness was in rap for a while. And finally the, the cancerous tumor is coming to fruition is about a, 
yeah, hip hop is uh sort of in a weird state right now. But I have hope. <laughs> I have hope. I will continue to have hope. <sighs> FK Twigs came out with a mixtape, quote unquote. It's good. I listened to a few. Um That's some good ditties. It's good. It's not my thing. Correct. It's interesting. That's it. <laughs> I w- I think I'll have a more formulated take on Earl's album next podcast. I'm just trying to dissect it. It's so weird. It's I do love how like the weekend gave me like just perfectness. Like a little dopamine. Yeah. It was dopamine. There you go. There it is. Some quality for your ears. Yeah. And I think like Con- uh sorry, Kendrick is like a a extremely refined version of uh, Earl. You know? Okay. And I think Earl's for certain people and for certain things. And I think, I think Earl's for like 10 people in this world. <laughs> That's one including Earl. Yeah, one <laughs> including Earl and his like five friends. Oh, God. Yeah. And that's cool because like art isn't supposed to be for everyone. And I think he knows that. And I think he wants that. I think just like my criticism of him is that like. At a point, you got to tell people what you feel yeah. in a little more precise way. Not that he has to be like Kanye levels of correct precision of what exactly he's feeling. But like, I think the best art would be the ones where you could, you have to dig a little bit, but not too hard. Mm-hmm. And maybe sometimes you want that really heady art that you have to really dig into but if his whole discography is just digging and digging like no one's ever going to get to know you and you never tell people who you really are yeah i feel like the po- his idea is like well for me this is just something that happens to make me money mm-hmm. and i get to do whatever i want right and i don't really care about what you think <laughs> But still, like I feel, I feel like not caring is caring even more. In a way, Mm because you care so little, you want people to know you don't care. Yeah. Not that he's like, I don't care about anything, like publicly. But not caring so violently is like its own thing. It's like on the other, like the middle is caring, not caring, caring too much. Find this. He's like, here, what's caring too much? What people think? Yep. Um, who's a, who's like that? Uh, Chance. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> Chance. Earl. Who's in the middle? Weekend. Kendrick. 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 It's because, like, I think Kendrick wants to change people. uh, Earl's like... Tyler. Earl's like, I'm just using this as, like, a diary. And it happens to be public. And I'm only releasing it because I get to make money and feed my kid. But even that's, like, it's selfish. It is. But, like, not the good kind of selfish, I think. It is good because it helps him. But I think you would help yourself the most by helping others that's true and it, yeah yeah that's dicey 
not that he has to make every album for everyone else, but like I think if he really thought about like how can I help the most the most people with what I've learned and my message and how I feel, because mm. I'm sure he has like his own feelings that people can relate to. And that's yeah. how you help people in music. You make something that people relate to. But if nobody relates to it, besides like those freaking nerds who want to dissect everything, like, oh, this 30 line stanza, he was talking about his girlfriend from 2004 that he knew for two weeks. Right. And that specific feeling of when he dropped a quarter near her. Not that he's done that. And who really wants to like do that who wants those to those are like, like for the historians yeah diggers but he's it's not like he's trying to like a historian is good for someone like Kanye, Kanye who's like doing a lot of things in public well not in public but like for the masses archaeologist yeah but he's like just living his life Selfish. Yeah. <laughs> That's classic. Classic like I'm thinking, but there's nothing there. Selfish. <laughs> uh, all right, guys. This is another beautiful episode of Pelicos with the Bros. We'll be back next week with another film, most likely. We don't know yet. Uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Please subscribe. Please hit the like button. Please leave a comment. We'll talk back. This is Adrian. Ivan. Bye. Bye.